Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you're looking for. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay. I was talking to someone recently about the concept of your own backyard, but we would talk more about like what we have, what we don't have, and what might be holding us back and how it's all different. It's kind of like a yours versus mine type of thing. So guys, for those of you that follow Instagram and Facebook, um, you had saw the news that I put out there. Um, I gave Shruti the option of mentioning it herself, but she has decided to step away from the podcast um, with other projects that she has. As you know, she's an actor and an author and has a lot on her plate right now. And when I reached out to her about scheduling, um, she said it's just time for her to step away and uh, very much so thank her for the year and a half or so, a little more, almost two years that we've been working on this podcast. Um, 81 episodes in, this is the 82nd as I'm recording it now, and I thank her very much for helping me get this started. Um, I go back and listen to the first and second episode and realize how choppy we were from conversation standpoint and how choppy I was from a technical standpoint, and we've come a long way. Um, the show's come a long way, and again, I say this all the time, we're not breaking any listening and play records. Um, I'm having fun with it. Uh, I hope she enjoyed the run while she was part of it. And Shruti, again, if you do happen to listen to this episode, thank you very much for being a part of it. Um, And I I wish you the best in all the success and all the projects you have moving forward. So I've recorded a few episodes on my own uh, when she wasn't available. So this is my first episode officially as as of now, a solo show. Um, so the plan moving forward is for me to do this show solo and I will have uh, an occasional co-host with me. I have a couple other friends that do some coaching that'll jump on with me. Uh, I'll see if there's some other people that are interested in jumping on and co-hosting an episode here and there. Uh, if you're a coach out there and you have a topic you would like to discuss, definitely reach out through Instagram or Facebook and let me know a topic you'd like to have a conversation with me about. Um, I'd love to have anyone on uh, with me. Uh, I do like the format of a conversation. Um, so with this episode, I said I was talking to someone recently and I kind of mentioned the concept of your own backyard and I made reference to the episode that I did with Jen. I went out to Utah, I hiked on the Red Rock, and that's her own backyard, literally her own backyard. Uh, I've mentioned how when I got to her place, I sat at the picnic table on her property and looked across the street and saw the Red Rock Mountains literally across the street from her, Um, hiking around, going to Zion National Park, going to Red Rock Park. It was very exciting for me to see the landscape and, and just take it all in and enjoy it and as much as she sees it every day and it's it's not ho-hum I'm sure she looks at it and, and recognizes the beauty and and how majestic it is in front of her she literally goes to work and comes to the stop sign and looks at that mountain every day so it's just it's the mountain in her own backyard similar to me going into New York City and uh, there's Times Square again and don't get me wrong I love going to the city love going to Times Square but I've seen it before, so it's not like it's that exciting. It's not the -the over-the-top excitement. So when she saw my excitement with that, it really made her enjoy it more. And then on the flip side, she came back here to New England, to Connecticut. We hiked 
along the Appalachian Trail. We did a, a hike around Bear Mountain, which is Connecticut's highest peak. And she saw the green and the mountains and the leaves. And I saw her excitement. And we were right at the tail end of September, beginning of October. So she was just starting to see the colors changing on the leaves. To me, they were still green. You can see that the start of the yellows and the start of the reds and oranges, um, it wasn't as bright as it would be. But again, for someone that's never seen it, it was impressive to her. And because I saw the excitement with her, it made me recognize those colors so much later into the season where mid-October, I might start seeing the dingy browns that are coming out of it. I'm still recognizing the oranges and the deep reds. So I was just talking with someone about that. And she actually mentioned a, a short movie um, and I'm going to have to go back and see if I can find the name of it. But she mentioned a short movie that she saw on YouTube. And it was similar to that, but it wasn't so much about like appreciating what you have in your own backyard, but it was more of comparing. It's called The Neighbor's Window. It was a, a like a 22-minute video. If you look it up on YouTube, you'll find it. And it happened to be... Uh, it was based on the whole story was pretty much on one couple. So of the 22 minutes, I'll say 18 of it was this one couple. And they just happened to look across their apartment complex. And I believe they were based in New York city, look across their, uh, their complex. And there's another couple across the way in another building, younger couple. And basically they look over and this young couple is, is having sex quite often. So now they're kind of going back and forth. They're both kind of watching and seeing this and wondering, geez, they're not even closing the curtains and we're watching and we're doing this. And, and it didn't really have anything to do with voyeurism or anything like that. But now this couple is talking about how they're not having sex and they're busy with the kids and they have three babies and they're talking about being covered in puke and being covered in and spilled cereal and, and running around and doing this and doing that. And, and spoiler alert, at the end, um, the the woman of the couple with the kids sees the other woman crying on the street and goes over to ask if she's okay. And she mentions that her husband is really sick and then says, hey, wait a minute, don't you live across the, the, the way from us in the other building? And you have the kids, and sorry, I don't hope this doesn't sound creepy, but you have the kids and they're so cute and blah, blah, blah. And me and my husband would, would love to have kids and we can't because he's very sick. So it's like when we look back and we look at what we deal with, we deal with our busy schedules and we deal with having kids and, and the kids get in the way of this and we're not, and from a couple standpoint, we're not and having sex as often as we should and we're not having date nights and we're busy with this. Yet across the way, there's another couple that would put up with all the throw up and all the spilt cereals and all the toys and stepping on Legos. And for those of you that are parents, you know, stepping on Lego is one of the worst things you can do. Yet we take all this headache that we deal with and we, and that's what we look at it as a headache where someone else would look at that as part of the blessing of having kids because they're not capable of having it. Um, I know a few people, um, that have had some medical issues. Um, I have a friend who's have has had a double mastectomy, both breasts removed, implants in, and she has no nipples. I've talked to Jen, who's been on the show, and she talked about diabetes. And in a semi-joking way, she kind of said, oh, geez, I wish I didn't have nipples. It'd be another place to put my sensor or my pump onto. 
So where one person says, this is a problem and I've lost this and I've lost that, someone else would say, ooh, that would be a blessing for me. But this person doesn't realize what's it like to deal with type 1 diabetes. And then someone else that I know, her husband had passed away and she complained about, I mean, how he would snore and make noises at night and do all these quirky things that drove her nuts. But right now she'd put up with all those quirky things that drove her nuts to have her husband back. And we all look at issues we have. I mean, I take my situation. I had the stent put in and a stent is nowhere near what my father's gone through, four heart attacks, triple bypass, pacemaker, defibrillator. But at the same time, it's a lot more than the person that, I mean, simply needed to take an aspirin every day where they caught it sooner than I caught mine. And we all look at things. I mean, I look at my father and my uncle, which one's worse. I mean, right now I would, I would sit back and say my uncle's probably in a worse situation Stage four prostate cancer. The doctor gave him six months to live. Now, he gave him six months to live four years ago. He's gotten that six-month prediction, sentence, whatever you want to call it, six, seven, eight times at this point. I mean, we don't know. Is he going to be here for Christmas? Is he going to be gone by October? And we we don't know. Uh, Again, my father's, and we'll call it stable. But again, he's already had four heart attacks. If a fifth one comes in, it's highly unlikely he survives that one. And don't get me wrong, there's people out there that have probably survived five, six, seven, eight. But what's the likelihood of that? So which situation is better? Which situation is worse? And we can all look look around at, at what the other person has and say, geez, they're, they're blessed to have this or whatever, but what do they give up to have that? And I did an episode with my brother. Um, I forgot what we titled it, but I believe we titled it something like it's hard work so it's like the people that he'll hear it often oh you guys are so lucky to have that house and to have that farm no it's not luck it's work I mean I left the shop a a year ago a little over a year ago and someone might look at my schedule and say oh it's so you're so lucky you can take vacation whenever you want that's right I can take vacation whenever I want but every day I take vacation I lose out at the possibility of a paycheck I no longer have paid vacations. Now, yeah, I can take my paychecks from my coaching and, and the jobs that I do, and I can just throw a number out there, put 10% or 15% into the cookie jar, and every time that 10 or 15% equals what I make in a week's pay, I can say, okay, we have the money to take a vacation week. I could do it that way and, and count it as a quote-unquote paid vacation. So, yes, I have the ability to take a vacation anytime I want and unlimited in theory, I can take as many vacations as I want. But every time I do that, again, I reduce the opportunity to to take to make an income, to take on a job, to, to get paid. So there's different things. When you look at what someone else has, you have to also realize what they gave up to have it and how many people are set with their pensions and with their retirements and with their insurances but don't live life that work too hard or work too much and give up an evening out with friends or give up a a Saturday out with friends or taking the kids to the amusement park or to the movies or, or whatever the case may be behind everyone's success there is something they lost along the way and I'm going to use the word lost um loosely 
um, because you don't feel like you lose something. It's like one of those things they say, if you, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And my uncle, for example, he works in the art field. He makes stretchers for artists, makes the custom wooden frames, stretches the canvas. He has million-dollar paintings on his frames, has met some of the world's greatest artists, has traveled all over the world. He doesn't consider that work. He absolutely loves what he does. There was a reel on Instagram saying that I didn't want to work a 40-hour a forty-hour week, so now I work 24-7. And in some cases, that's what it is for me. I'm available 24-7. I mean, if someone calls me up and says, hey, I'd like to set up personal training with you. I want to work with you three times a week. I'd like to do it at 5 a.m. before I go into work at 7. Well, guess what? That means I'm waking up at 4 and I'm at their house or at their gym or, or wherever the case, whatever location we use, I'm there at 5 a.m. Because that's my job. I can't pass up the paycheck. Same thing. I have a client that I work with at 7 p.m. twice a week. So instead of sitting home at dinner with my family, I'm on the road. But I love what I do. I'm working Saturdays. I'm working Sundays. I had two lessons on Father's Day. I had a lesson on Mother's Day. I, I worked on whatever holiday it was that just went by. So when you look at what people have, you have to realize what they gave up and when you're looking up at the at the excitement, like in that movie, where they're looking at this hot young couple that and are being intimate and sexual with each other multiple times a week, yet that couple and when you when you take the basis of the movie and where the the husband at the very end was was shown to be sick, maybe they were squeezing in every last I mean playtime, so to speak, before he was gone. They were making the best of their last moments together. And I, I know someone that I, I shoot archery with who uh, who eats very healthy and and always always ate well, always exercised, in great shape, uh, older gentleman. Uh, his wife was sick, so the past year or so he has not been at many tournaments. She has since passed away, and I was talking to him. He, said, um, he even commented how he ate a cookie the other day. And for him, that's a big deal to eat a cookie. I mean, that's well outside of the realm of what he considers healthy to eat. But he made it a point that those last few months, he did everything he could to enjoy the time where other people would look and, and say, oh, you skipped this, you skipped that. But you got to realize I mean, what you have, what we're missing. I know we all like to compare things. Um, we compare who has the bigger house, who has the nicer car. Um, in some cases, they have the nicer car. They gave up. Um, they gave up playing bare league softball twice a week with their buddies because they put in the overtime so they can get the nicer car. Where I gave up the nicer car to go play and in the archery league with my friends. So which who gave up the right thing? Who didn't give up the right thing? Who has the better thing? Who's happier? I mean, I use that story all the time about and Princess Diana and Mother Teresa. And Princess Diana had all the money in the world, was literally a princess, but wasn't really happy. Mother Teresa lived in poverty, had basically nothing, was probably the happiest person in the world. Which situation is better? And we always talk about how money doesn't doesn't give us happiness. Um, you hear that all the time. I mean, they've done uh, researches and, and experiments many times. You get someone, I mean, just recently someone in uh, Illinois just won the $1.2 billion Mega Millions. One winner. So they just won a billion dollars. So... It's probably only 500 million after the taxes and stuff. 
and again, I say that jokingly, if you take that person that won the 500 million and you ask them how happy they are and you find someone that on that exact day was just paralyzed in an accident and you ask how happy that person is, you know the person that won the billion dollars is happier than the person that just got paralyzed. A year from now, ask them the same question and the person that got paralyzed is grateful that they're still alive and the person that won the money is miserable because all of a sudden all the friends that they haven't heard of them and coming out of the woodwork and bugging them and they find out that money doesn't buy everything. I mean, so you really have to look when we're comparing ourselves. Um, and it, like I said, it kind of ties into that your own backyard. We look at our backyards and we compare it to the neighbor's yard. I mean, you look over, I mean, we always hear that phrase, the grass is, isn't always greener on the other side. So we look at our neighbor's yard and we see that their grass is nice and green and perfect. And our grass is a little brown and burnt. What do they do? They sit there and water it all the times and the kids sit with their chin in their hands, watching dad water the lawn and they don't do anything yet. We're out at the amusement park with our kids and throwing the ball with our kids and going to the movies with our kids. What's the better situation? And I can't tell you which is the better situation. For one person, it might be that manicured lawn. And maybe there's a reason why the kids can't go out. Maybe there's an issue. Maybe there's political reasons. Maybe there's religious reasons. We don't know why people do what they do. But we can't always just take it at face value and look at it and say, ooh, they're better than us or they have it better than us because somewhere they're, they're giving something up. I mean, I remember when I, was, when I was younger, and when I say younger, I was in my 20s, and I, I bought some old cameras from, from a friend of ours. Uh, his son was my age. Uh, we were in Boy Scouts together, played some music together when we were younger, and uh, the father was a photographer, so I bought some old medium fa- filmat, ugh, excuse me, medium format cameras back in the film days. Bought the cameras from him, and I'm talking to him, and I'm like, "Oh, how's your son doing?" I'm going to leave names out of it, and oh, he's doing bad. He's become an alcoholic, and just thinking because being young, young and dumb, and not someone that that knows the danger. I never drink. I don't drink at all, so it wasn't my thing. I said, oh, well, good thing it's a, it's not drugs, thinking that eh, it's only alcohol. Again, not knowing the difference. And there's another comparison where, okay, which is the worst of the two evils? Someone that does does drugs. And for those of you seen like the Motley Crue movie, The Dirt and Nikki Six and shooting up and literally dying in an ambulance before the, the EMT brings them back to life or the alcoholic. I mean, Everyone, it's kind of like you say, you, you, you talk to enough people, pretty much everyone's been affected by cancer, whether it's a family member, a friend, a coworker, an acquaintance, we all know someone. And to some extent, probably everyone knows someone who has some type of an addiction to drugs or alcohol. And which one's worse? Which one really? And like I said, I was younger then and not even thinking about it, comparing. So we got to be careful when we compare things like that. And... We all have a reason why we do what we do. We all have a reason why the other guy is doing what they're doing or not doing. And we've all given something up to have what we have. And you have to give something up. Okay, it's 7 p.m. Are we going to go out to dinner or are we going to go to the movies? You can't do both because the night's not long enough. And and are we going to go hang out with our friends and in the end have X amount of dollars? for retirement or are we going to not go out for our friends and have 2x for retirement 
which one's more valuable. So just remember when we look around at what our neighbors have, what our friends have, somewhere something was given up uh, to do that or somewhere they're missing out on an opportunity. So taking that family from the movie, they didn't give up having kids, but the ability to have it was taken away from them. So they were making it up by, in this case, uh, being intimate and having sex with each other. But again, that could have been because they knew he was sick and it was the end of the time together and they were just enjoying their last couple times together. So again, let's look around. Let's look at what we have, kind of like that own backyard thing. Appreciate what we have. uh, Realize some of those things that might annoy us are worth having. Um, There's an image of an EKG and it says if life doesn't have all the ups and downs, it means you're dead. And it is kind of that thing where... I mean, when when you hear the babies crying and when your teenagers are driving you nuts, it means you have a family. And there's people out there that would be, I mean, give anything to have that family. So, again, let's let's look around and appreciate what we have and uh, and enjoy it and not compare it to the other guy. So, hope you guys enjoyed the show. And again, any coaches out there that are listening, or if you think you have a topic you'd like to discuss with me. Love to have you on the show. Reach out to me either through the Power Shift Mindset Instagram page, my Be Motivation Instagram page, or the same with Facebook, the Be Motivation or Power Shift Mindset. All right, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Power Shift Mindset podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While the suggestions, strategies, and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with, these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals, including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for the PowerShift Mindset Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at The PowerShift Mindset and also visit thepowershiftmindset.com. Thanks again for listening to The PowerShift Mindset.